0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pigskin Picks for 2022. I'm Matt Seidel, along with the rest of the Coach Speed podcast crew, Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. <laughs> Fellas, welcome to week three of Pigskin Picks. And hopefully, you got your fill of uh, football this past weekend with both the high school and college seasons in full gear. I know I did. Uh, a little Olivet at Penfield Thursday night. Watched Ramsey Baso go for six touchdowns. Just saying. Skyline at Dexter on Friday. Watched uh, Cole Cabana go for four touchdowns. It was forty-five and nothing in the second quarter. By the way, Dexter looked pretty good. And then I spent several hours in front of a television on Saturday. So good weekend of football. How about you guys?
1: Same for me. Checked out Napoleon on Thursday. Got a nice win over East Jackson. Um, Friday night, watched the Michigan State on TV and also followed the Jackson Lumen Christie game on JTV, which was a, an interesting game with uh, Traverse City St. Francis. And then just watched a whole bunch of football on Saturday since I have COVID. So I uh, just kind of cuddled up under a blanket by myself watching football, you know, just living it up. I, I watched uh, Traverse City St. Francis Lumen Christie, uh,
2: you know, battle of, of two teams that. Very well, likely could see each other at Ford Field at the end of the year. I mean, incredible football game, uh, two high-level teams, well coached, ton of talent all over the field, which we're going to talk a little bit about Lumen later. And then Saturday, watched a, a, you know a ton of college football, just like you guys. Really proud of my Irish; they battled. You know, no moral victories when you're, we're talking about the elite programs in the country is still tough loss. But I, I as you know, thought they were going to lose worse, so I, I was impressed with the defense. Hopefully, they find an offense soon, and then. A thriller uh, in the Superdome last night. Crazy finish to the LSU and Florida State game. Couldn't walk away from that one. That was, that was a great finish. And uh, a little Clemson, Georgia Tech later tonight.
0: Our records this past week uh, Derek and Josh both five and five, uh, and yours truly uh, four and six. Uh, that, that gives Derek a two-game lead on Josh and a three-game lead on me in the overall standings. We took some crap earlier today from uh, one of our podcast guests about our records not being sterling. I, let the public know that we are trying to pick 10 toss-up games, at least without the point spread, in high school and we're uh, that, that, those are not easy to pick, especially when we don't know a lot about these teams. And then the college games and pro, it, it's with the point spread. So it's uh, yeah, it's not easy. A lot, you know. I'll remember like that guess next time. Uh, we get hey, this, this
2: week was tough. I mean, besides there's yes. nobody thought Manchester had a chance to beat Addison. That was a big time upset. And and who knew that the Mounties from Northwest were for real? I mean that,
0: you know. It was, I mean that was a tough week. Are they for real? Really? I mean, well. <laughs> I, you know, we'll see. I guess we'll, we're, we're going to see here soon. I ate football starts this week. So uh, this week we have six high school games on Friday, one more high school game on Saturday due to an official shortage, and two college games on Saturday as well, and then we're going to uh, pick the Lions game on Sunday. So let's get to it. Game number one. Derek, you're going to lead us off. Uh, finally, we're going to talk about Chelsea sitting one and one. At Jackson 1-1, one one, Southeastern Conference play is underway. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely uh, an intriguing game here this week as SEC White gets going with conference matchups. Uh, Chelsea hasn't been super impressive out of the gate coming off their their state title uh, from a year ago, but I guess that's expected when you graduate like over 40 players from last year's team. Uh, I think everyone knew that they were going to be trying to re- replace uh, a lot of guys. Um, obviously, they have a, a program that just kind of uh, – Tends to be able to reload quickly, so um, you know you don't expect them to take a huge drop off. Obviously, the the six to three loss was rough and surprising in week one to Trenton, and they really had to hang on against Angola this past week um, in kind of a, a close game as well. Uh, looking at them on paper, you know Lu- Lucas Dawson at quarterback looks like he can throw it a little bit, run it a little bit, uh, and then they they had two different guys this past week that ran the ball pretty well, and Thomas. Shemwell and Tyson Hill. So I think that, you know, they're kind of maybe finding their groove. You could argue uh, after getting that, that first win uh, of the season last week, Jackson, meanwhile, um, you know, obviously had the nice win in in week one and they they took grand ledge to overtime and look what looked like a very exciting game following on social media. I I really get the feeling that Jackson's got a lot of talent. Like they're really deep with athletes and they're (laughs) going to be a tough team all year long because of that. Uh, I think, in this game, it's really a matchup of, hey, you know, Chelsea's just like They've dominated the SEC white for as long as anybody can remember. Um, it's just kind of been uh, their their thing. Whereas you got Jackson's kind of up and coming uh, in that sense this year with the new coach and everything. I do think this is going to be a very competitive game with it being at Jackson and everything. I I, I kind of view it as a toss up. I'm going to go with Chelsea just because I'm going to trust that you know they have that mojo, that kind of that vibe to them when it comes to SEC play. That it's still it's still their conference. It still goes through them. So I'm going to stick with them for this week.
2: Yeah, Tyson Hill, the third Hill brother to come through <laughs> Chelsea, uh, star tailback there, um, got a few touchdowns last week and, uh, you know, celebrated one a little bit excessively, which, which earned him a, a yellow flag. But, you know, the young, young fellow, I think his first time in the end zone, so it was, it was an exciting moment. Don't forget about Reagan Plank, outstanding athlete, uh, multi-sport athlete over there. Uh, at Chelsea, plays both ways. Uh, great linebacker, great tailback. Had a 49-yard touchdown, and I believe reception on a screenplay there. Uh, yeah, Chelsea's young. I think they're only going to get better week by week. Uh, so I think you know we saw improvements from week one to week two, and I think you're going to see the same thing from week two to week three. I think they're, they're steadily get better. I think this will be a really close game. Um, I'd like use the word mojo. I think I'll explain to the listeners how I feel about that word is. Chelsea is a program that finds a way to win these close games and Jackson traditionally finds a way to lose them, which they did to Grand Legend overtime last week. So um, I like uh, the dogs in a really tight one. It's going to be a nail biter down to the end, but I I like them finding a way to win Um, and behind Hall of Fame coach Grant defensive coordinator Grant Fanning they, they seem to find a way to shut down teams with great athletes.
0: I was sure you were going to pick uh, Jackson in this one tropes, but uh, you you disappointed me, but you're right though. uh, The the Lucas Dawson, the Reagan plank uh, connection appears to be developing a little bit. That might be something this offense first time in a while, maybe Chelsea doesn't have a a potent offense um, and they're going to have to win some, some games. They're not going to be putting up 40 or 50. Uh, No, or maybe they will. You know, uh, the one guy we should mention, uh, Seth Anstead, a D one prospect for Chelsea. Um, get his name out there a little bit. A younger brother of a, a kid who used to coach in baseball. So, some big boys in that family, but he's got offers from Toledo and EMU. And if that offense is going to be smooth, they're going to have to be able to run uh, behind him a little bit. And, uh, and obviously, they have some talent there. I uh, I do like Chelsea in this one as well. If they are, if they're going to be the Chelsea that we all know and love, uh, this might be the game where they get it going offensively. Otherwise, it could be a season where you know maybe they are five and four, or six and three, and that's just not heard of lately in Chelsea. But I will have the Bulldogs uh, uh, going to Jackson and winning this one as well.
2: Oh, I, I do want to say this. I, I will say this, I and mean, even though I, this is one of those key games, I think for each of these programs this year. To your point, like I think their seasons could go one way or the other based on this game for both. Do you want? Do
0: you want to change your pick? You want to? Oh I'm, no! I oh, okay. I, I just checking. Okay. But I'm right. say, they I would a chance. It. Okay. All right. <laughs> game number two. Uh, Tecumseh two and zero oh at Pinkney one and one. Trope's, you're up. So I've given Tecumseh a, a really bad
2: time on the pod the last few weeks about, you know, not being able to stop anybody. Uh, they tell you what, when you're averaging 54 points a game like they are, you don't really have to stop anyone with a 54 to 14 win last week over Gull Lake and a, a 54 to nothing win over center two weeks ago. They obviously can put the ball in the end zone. Uh, coach Dolson has the offense just rolling, but that's really Coach Romano behind the scenes calling the plays, the, the Hall of Fame coach who's, who's been in a few different places, including the DeCumpsey head coach at one point. Last week, they had six straight drives that ended in a touchdown. They amassed over 500 yards. You know, several guys are putting into the end zone. A.J. Bryan is really carrying the load with five touchdowns and close to 300 yards rushing this year. Uh, great quarterback in Jake Burns. He, you know, he's thrown for 300 yards and in seven touchdowns on the ground and in the air. And uh, our boy, Ryder Zajac, got his first touchdown last week, which was also very cool. Um, they're going to take on a Pinckney team who has a new coach this year, Jason Carpenter. Who's They're in trouble because they're they're allowing seven and a half yards per carry. They got beat by Corona last week. Um, you, you know, Brady Raymond's a really talented quarterback for Pinckney, but he turns it over a ton. I uh, had three interceptions last week. Uh, Tecumseh is the real deal. They are starting to win in every sport, uh, and the confidence is is showing. I like Tecumseh, and I'm even going to give you a score: fifty-four to twenty-eight Tecumseh.
0: Ooh, uh, yeah. You know, you dropped a lot of names there. Tecumseh, they where they're putting up so many points, they've got a lot of names in the box score. You know, um, uh, Joe Ben Scooter again. Uh, you know, I think he had two more touchdowns in this game. Gavin Chenevy is a kind of a wide receiver, strong safety. How about his three TDs? He had a pick six. He scored one on the ground and scored one receiving. So uh, he's another guy. But again, they, they've been very balanced. I, I am, I'm going to pick the in this one, but you know, I don't I don't feel this one. I think I don't think the beaten anyone. Uh, to be honest, I think they've beaten two below average teams. Pinkney has probably played a little better competition. This is going to be a really close game, but because of that. That athletic group that Tecumseh has coming through, and the mojo that they have rolling, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Tecumseh.
1: Derek, yeah, I think this one's tricky for some of the things you guys are pointing out there. I, I really think that you know Tecumseh playing Michigan Center looks on paper like you know a decent smaller school, but because uh, they you know made a long run in the playoffs last year, but they just lost to Hanover Horton. They, they're clearly kind of rebuilding a, a little bit as a young group this year, so that you know, maybe be, beating them by a bunch might not actually be the most impressive thing uh, when you look at, back at it at the end of the year. Um, Goal Lake, I think if you ask, like, you know, Coach Dutton, he always raves about their soccer program out there. So they may, may even be a little bit more of a soccer school at the moment. But that is a bigger school, though. So I don't, I don't mean to take everything away. From, what, what I guess what I'm getting at is I think it's hard to judge to come see on those first two games, knowing that they they just were so much better than the teams they are playing. Does that speak more to them or does that speak more to their opponents? I, I agree that I think it could be a close game because of that. I think Pinckney's kind of been the better team the last few years, but I think I am going to go with Tecumseh as well. I know we're getting, we're all in line here so far today, but I think the reason being, you know, Pinckney they beat Skyline, but it wasn't, but didn't totally blow out Skyline the way that Dexter blew out Skyline. So I think I'm going to roll with Tecumseh um, in a close one here, just because I think, like Trope said, they got a lot of good athletes right now. They got this momentum going. They seem to have an explosive offense. I think it's
2: okay that we're all in line. I mean, we're all struggling so bad. We just got to try to win games.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move to Game Three. Uh, Dexter two and O at Bedford two and O. This is this is one of the best games we have this week. Bedford uh, playing on their their new turf uh, field that, that old that old rinky stadium they used to have that grass was always rough at the end of the year they, they've got new turf over there they rolled over Pioneer uh, I think that one was Friday uh, thirty to six they got a sophomore quarterback uh, Lucas Gerber seems to be kind of like a game manager and a stable of running backs like they always do Trey uh, Bruggerman and Owen. Uh, Bilsky, I think, is how he pronounced it. They're just two of the maybe four guys that are going to lug the ball. But I will tell you what, I watched Dexter, and I know they were playing a weak skyline team on Friday. But their their quarterback, um, I believe his name is Reeve Taylor. He's a transfer, is a solid player at quarterback. They have Cole Cabana, who is one of the premier running backs in the state. Parachek is getting, uh, he's playing on both sides of the ball. He's an elite defensive end and uh, they use him in the passing game. Oh, by the way, did he get lit up on a play at the goal line? Uh, whoever stroked him at the goal line, he was down for a few minutes. I assume he got the wind knocked out of him, but they hit him and knock him down like that, kid from Skyline made quite a play and knocked the ball loose too. That's an incomplete path. But the, Dexter's got all the pieces. Like they've got some big tackles. They've got two some defensive ends that rush well. Their secondary looks like they're flying around. They're ranked number two now in division two. Who would have ever thought that would happen? I got Dexter going to Bedford and avenging a tough loss there last year and winning a close one.
1: Derek. Yeah, I, I actually have gotten to see Dexter as well. I saw him in their week one matchup. Um, I agree that I I think they have a lot of pieces across the board. That make them a very, a very viable team this year. I think we people might be getting a little bit ahead of themselves with ranking them this highly, if I'm being completely honest. Um, which, you know, I think that's that's due to happen when you have two Big Ten commits, um, you know, that are highly ranked uh recruits in, in the in the senior class. The biggest thing that I worry about. From Dexter's point of view in the long run this year is they rely so heavily on Cole Cabana on offense. Um and they give him the ball so I mean he had 30 something carries in that first game uh victory. And I know they didn't need him as much in that skyline game. But if he if he gets banged up rest and miss anytime, even within a game, I wonder what the offense turns into. I, I know that they've got receivers to get it to, but they don't they aren't even handing the ball to anybody else, at least when when I was watching. I think this is kind of two opposing styles. Dexter is likes to go quick, likes to use a lot of space. Uh, that they'll spread you out and then try to, you know, get Cabana in the open field or hit receivers in space, Joey Tesmer and and uh, Parachek and company. Um, whereas Bedford is time of possession, try to hold the ball, move the ball slowly up the field. Like you said, they're going to just kind of play their style, be kind of tough and and everything. Uh, It's funny you talk about the turf field. I think that actually uh, that might hurt Bedford in this one, right? I mean, I think Dexter kind of, they may have the speed advantage in certain spots and you're quicker on that turf. Uh, I I think I'm going to use that as my reasoning here. I'm going to go with Dexter in a close one. Uh, Should be a great game. I mean, both these teams are considered top 10 teams in the in the uh, division two rankings right now. And like you said, it was an overtime game that came down to a two point conversion play last year. Uh, I-, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was something similar again this year. You took the words right out of my mouth. If I was Bedford, I'd find a way to make it that the turf was unplayable.
2: And I would move this game to a grass field with about six to eight inches of grass, because the worst thing you can do is like Cole Cabana loose on turf. I'm all in. I bought stock in Dexter after the win against skyline. I'm sold. I also agree that they're not the second ranked team in the state right now, but they are a top 10 team. There's no doubt about it. Um, They've had some really key transfers come in. They've had a ton of size up front. Their defense actually seems to be showing up a little bit. Uh, Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I, I love uh, Dexter on the turf field against uh, the kicking mules. By the way, maybe the best nickname in the state of Michigan. By the way, the kicking mules. But I think Dexter's gonna turn the corner here. I think they're gonna they're gonna win one of these bruising
0: games. And By the way, I may have called the Dexter quarterback Taylor Reeves. I, I think it's actually Reeves Taylor. I mean, I, the kid's got two last names. So don't
2: gotta, ever trust a guy with two first
0: names. By the way, yeah, I mean, Just, he's got two last names. So I don't, I don't know, know what to do, man. but he, he looks solid to me. So. Uh, anyway, let's move into the uh, uh, game four, to the Huron League. Roseyel, two and zero at Milan, one and one. Derek, what do you think?
1: So this one definitely took some research for me. I don't, I'm not familiar with either of these teams uh, recently, uh, but looking into it, you know, Grosseo, like you said, off to a 2-0 start, that matches their win total from a year ago, uh, which was something that I noticed. Uh, that, that win against Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central last week was big. That was a team that beat them 41-6 to a year ago, and they turned around and beat them 21-14 uh, this past week. On that same note, Milan a year ago uh, beat, gross seal 48 to seven so they're looking for the same type of of uh turnaround here in this in this game coming up but if they could knock off milan they'll really be in a good position in the here on league moving forward i think milan had a really good win week one against berkeley 47-0 and put up ridiculous rushing stats it appears from multiple guys and just really dominated on the offensive side of the ball uh i think it's william gaskell the fifth I believe is, is his name. He's the reigning, uh, Ann Arbor area M live defensive player of the year. So, um, you know, that's an awesome name by the way, but, uh, I think he's going to be a key. It looks like he also runs the ball a lot for them. Him and Ronnie Johnson were big in that first, that week one victory with multiple touchdowns and a ton of yards. Uh looks like they had to throw the ball a lot in week two, their quarterback, Brady Bo- Kirk you know, and Connor DeSellier, uh had seven catches and two touchdowns in that game in week two, but uh, they did manage. They did end up losing at the end to new Boston Huron. So I think this is going to be a tough matchup. It's kind of a swing matchup in the Huron league here. Milan needs to have it to stay in the race and gross Seal's trying to carry the momentum here. I'm going to go with history here and I'm going to go with Mylon. Uh, They are the home team and they dominated gross seal a year ago and uh, they've kind of been the better program in recent years. That's where I'm going to go.
2: Hey man, I'm, I'm a big red at heart. You know that,
1: uh, Jesse Hoskins, their
2: football coach, is is quietly putting together a Hall of Fame coaching career there at Milan. They average about eight and a half wins a year and a couple playoff games every year. He gets more out of less than than probably any coach in the state. And and he's a Hall of Fame human being. Uh, Just not going to meet a better person, a better mentor for kids. Uh, He's got a great staff, Stephen and Vaughn Price over there to uh, Milan Legends themselves. Um, and, and then I'm going to stay with the, the, the name team and the adults over there. You just mentioned Connor DeSellier, son of former major league uh, pitcher and Ypsilanti grad, Chris DeSellier. Uh, so um, yeah, just a lot of great connections over there. Great football program, tough tradition. Uh, I'll tell you what, if they're going on the road and had to go to the island, I might think about this to be honest with you, but home on a Friday night, first like kind of we're back to school week the big the big reds roll if they even are they're still the big reds anymore I don't know if we can call them that but Milan rolls
0: lost track of their nickname you guys stole my thunder you mentioned the island I mean that we used to open our season every other year when I played at Lincoln on the island and it was just a first of all it's a great place to go but it was also a tough place to win I agree that that could could have been a deciding factor um I I have no reason to think Milan. I, I think that was a quality loss, if there is such a thing, to New Boston. New Boston looks like they are up this year. Um, I am going to go with Milan. You might be king of hyperbole, though, Josh. I mean, I, Jesse see, appears to be a great guy, but does does more with less than any coach in the state. I mean, that's that hyperbole. I think there's a lot of guys in right, that category. Miley My, My, My gets its shared talent, is what I'm saying. So, anyway, I will pick Miley. We are all on the same page so far through four games. Someone's going to have to break this uh, trend. Here we go. This might be it. Uh, our, our game five, we've got Hastings one and one at the wingless Lumen Christie Titans. Mm, mm, mm. You're talking Ford Field, and they're sitting 0 2 right now. And that very well might happen, but it's still kind of cool seeing them 0 2. Josh, what do you think?
2: Well, they're 0-2 because they played the number one and the number two ranked team in the state. You talk about playing anybody, anywhere, anytime. My goodness, Coach Brogan, what a schedule. Um, And it doesn't get much easier for the Titans the next two weeks. Their first four weeks are brutal. They host a Hastings team that is 1-1 but lost uh, 41-30 to the 10th ranked team overall in the state of Michigan. Whitehall, a very good Whitehall team. The first four games for, for Lumen has them against teams with a six and two record. their last five teams with a three and seven record. So if they can make it through this stretch with two more tough ones starting with Hastings, I like them to get on a, a big time roll into the state playoffs. Uh, Joe Lathers had an incredible night the other night against Traverse City, St. Francis. 200 yards and three TDs. Uh, De'Vion Franklin had a touchdown and eight tackles. Uh, Derek Walker, in, in his, his first appearance of the year, he was unable to play in the first game. He had 90 yards and 20 carries, and he, he took a beating uh, on those carries. I, I like him getting loose a little bit this Friday. Um, I you know Hastings is one of those teams that goes for two every time, so this is going to be an interesting matchup because – you know, Lumen has a great sophomore kicker, Andrew Salazar, who was five for five the other night. Hastings, one of those teams that they run, run, run. So if Lumen gets up early, they'll struggle to come from behind. I, I like Lumen in, in a Andrew Salazar field goal, 31 to 30 on Friday night in an instant classic.
0: Instant classic. Okay. And that, that, was, that was pretty good research. Hastings, um, they're not not great in a lot of sports, to be honest. they're They kind of, you know, they don't tear it up in the i8 i don't think but their football program has been coming on and they are a formidable opponent this week uh they had a guy named like uh, tunison i think was the guy's last name 155 yards and two tds against again you said a good uh, whitehall team and they're going to pound the ball and they're going to put some points up but they're you know as much as i tease and i usually never criticize lumen christie but now that you're there i'm going to criticize him a lot there's no way lumen christie goes to Oh, and three, I see them finding a way uh, to win Friday night. So I'm going to take the Titans. Derek, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very tempted here just to take Hastings, just to break this streak of us all in the same team. Um, but I don't, I like I, said, I got to watch a little bit of Lumen Christie uh, because they were on JTV against uh, that, that St. Francis team. And they really fought hard in that game. They it looked like they were down and out down 14. The heck they, they had a chance at the end to tie it the one thing i noticed I, I i didn't totally see the play but it looked like ladders got hurt there uh at the end is he fine he is 100 a-okay oh we're getting okay. the injury we're getting the injury reports man. i i uh, I, just, I just get i just gave inside it to information you.
2: he's good to all go. right
1: because that was the one thing that if he was going to be out, I definitely was going to go with Hastings, but uh, he, he was very impressive in that game. He had some, a couple long runs, uh, you know, they use a very power running game attack and they, but they, they have some diversity out of that. They'll run some play action. They kind of boot the quarterback out and get him into space. And with lathers, uh, and I know you talked about the running backs already as well. Um, man, I think this is tough. Uh I'm going with Lumen. I, I, I can't do it. I want to just be different, but I, I feel like I got to go with Lumen, especially at home. They're not going to Owen three, right? They can't, they can't.
0: Right. right. All right. Halfway through this. We are, uh, we are totally aligned. Let's move to a rivalry game. And uh, as J- I've always told Josh, respect the rivalry because sometimes he forgets about it and ends up getting burned. Uh, that should be on your, your tombstone someday. Respect the rivalry, but uh, here on Owen two. At Pioneer, zero two. But as they say, you throw the records out, right? Now they they you know they played uh, some different teams. Huron did not look good in its first game of the season, but did play uh, some really competitive football and a tough loss to Saleem, um this this week, this past week. Pioneer has gone down twice, not been very competitive. They they they, they hung around a little bit against Bedford, but just kind of methodically got beat thirty to six. Pioneers got some guys. I mean, they got some guys that are going to play college, you know, football. I don't know if, if these guys, I mean, Nick Boylan and Milo Simpson, I see a lot of them out there that put some highlights together. They got a wide receiver named Joe Bonenberger. Uh, they got a wide receiver kind of tight end Ocean Brabs. Great name, by the way. They've got some guys as Pioneer should, but there's something about this one, here on. Hey, by the way, Samaha, Adam Samaha. You know, high school kickers never get a chance sometimes to to show off their foot. He did. I think he started the scoring against lean with a with a 42-yard field goal. I don't know what his career high. He I, you can kick him over 60 yards, but doesn't get an opportunity. That they've just got. I think they just have too much. The quarterback Andrew Harding, who's a former Celine Hornet, by the way, he's starting to develop a a target. Cameron Flowers, I think they're starting to come around, starting to find their identity. I see Huron pulling away late in this one, but but Pioneer off a motion, hanging around and keeping it close.
1: There, yeah, it's another team or both. These teams trying to avoid going to zero and three here, so. A uh, big game for them in that sense. Uh, you know, Huron obviously let let me down big time in that week one <laughs> game we picked at the big house. Uh, so they have me a little shook on that one. But uh, I like the way they bounced back against Celine. I think the bottom line for me here is, I think you know, Celine and Huron had a very competitive game a week ago, whereas Pioneer wasn't very competitive against Bedford. I think on paper, I view Selena as a little bit better team than Bedford. So Huron was more competitive with the more with the the better team on paper. I'm going to go with Huron, even though it is at Pioneer. All right, this
2: is you could send Pioneer and Skyline's teams together to this game and they'd lose to Huron. Okay, this is this is going to be a running clock affair. Huron puts it on Pioneer. I, I don't know if Pioneer's beat Huron in anything since Rex Stanzak left. I mean, I, there, this is. No, this is over. They Huron rolls, they roll big time. I mean, Pioneers on their like their sixth coach in the last 10 years. uh they had the guy that, that wore the glasses and, and the uh Bear Bryant hat years ago, and there was a fight on the field. He ended up either getting fired or leaving after that, and, and they've been they've been in shambles since. So uh Huron in a big one. Um and as far as respecting the rivalry, uh I respect the rivalry. It's uh but but this is
0: oh i've got I really, some i got some examples of when you didn't respect the rivalry i don't know about that you so. Say that. so okay all right. all right moving to game seven we still sit a line through through uh through six of them uh here's one close to your heart there this will be a saturday game due to an official shortage but napoleon 2-0 at manchester 2-0 two of the uh, best teams in the cascades
1: going at it uh how do you feel Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm super excited about this game. Um, I think it, like I, like I know Josh mentioned a little bit, I was trying to warn you guys last week that I feel, I felt like Manchester was kind of under the radar right now. could be pretty darn good. I was impressed with them a year ago uh, when I watched them. um, And obviously they came up with a huge win against Addison. Now uh, in that game is looking through it on Twitter, following along with Uh, The tweets and then also reading the article, I mean, it was really a heck of a game, like in in the sense that they didn't have a whole lot of chances, they had to be super efficient. Um, You know, they only stopped Addison, I think two or three times the whole game, but that was enough. To to win it because it was just a low possession game um, overall and, and Addison tends to play that way with their with their running style uh, in terms of Manchester I mean it, it really offensively it starts with Cannon duffing at quarterback and Jackson McGigan um, at wideout and I, I think I called him possibly the best wide receiver I think you got to say right now he's the best wide receiver in the Cascades and um, that might not be a super high bar I don't know but uh, last year he was impressive and he's just putting up ridiculous numbers already nine catches for 131 and two touchdowns last week and they got some other guys on offense that made some nice plays i know andrew campbell had a nice touchdown catch they got multiple guys from there that can uh handle handle the ball for them and and give them opportunities to score napoleon i think hasn't been tested like manchester yet i think manchester's probably played two teams that are better than the teams that napoleon has played Um, so that may play into manchester's hands uh in this one i think the key in this game is napoleon's defensive backs you know, I think Napoleon, ha- they have Holden Van Poppel who plays safety for them. He's a a freak out there. Like, he's six five, he's long, and he's one of the fastest guys in the conference. The only kid in the conference that's probably faster than him is Graham Gumper at Han- Hanover Horton because he wins everything in track, uh, Holden does. Uh, And then they also got Brendan Helfridge at corner, who's a experienced, steady guy. And they have a few other guys in the mix, KK Fowler, Sam Jennings, Cooper Wires and and company. But I think what they're really going to have to do a lot of in that defensive backfield to try to handle the passing attack is they're going to have to use Grant Bradley at the other safety. They try to not use him on defense uh, and save him for offense. But I think he's going to be key because they need all the athletes they can to try and handle this uh, this this passing attack and, and keep the bracket on McGigan throughout the game um, offensively. I mean, Napoleon's going to run the ball a lot. I think it, you know, it should be close on that side. Obviously I have to go with Napoleon, but this is going to be a heck of a game and whoever wins is, is kind of in a really good spot moving forward.
2: Well, we're going to have our first pick that's different. I can tell you that. So uh, <laughs> um, I goose news, goose bumps, goose something. Bump. Uh, Eric yeah. told me to follow on Twitter. What was it again, Derek? Goose poop. Goose poop. So I was on goose poop the other day. I'd like to give a shout out to East Jackson, by the way. They won last week, and they did not win a game last year. So that, that, good for you, East Jackson. Just thought I'd talk, throw that in there since we're talking about Cascade football. Um, I'll just say this. Uh, there are going to be a lot of kids in the gym shooting basketballs next week after this Saturday's game, because after what the Dutch do to the Pirates, there's going to be some dudes ready for basketball season.
0: Wow. Wow. I don't know. I mean, Derek called that Manchester receiver the best receiver in the league. I think he's got a couple basketball players that, that play receiver over in Poland that might have something to prove now, prove their basketball coach wrong. But uh, this this is going to be a, a really good game. Um, how about can the name Cannon Duffing? Just let's just get back to that name again. But yeah, yeah, he he's got the clutch gene too. A couple of those touchdown passes uh, against Addison came in the fourth quarter. Um, that broke Addison's 20 game cascades winning streak, by the way, when they beat him, I think Derek referenced that last week. I think this is going to be a classic game. I do feel that, um, Grant Bradley is going to be a a key piece and I think he's actually going to have to throw the ball successfully in this game and he's definitely capable. Um, but whether, you know, whether the the polling, that's not necessarily, uh, you know, option one when, with their offense. This game is at Manchester. I think that's going to be critical. Um, I've got the Dutch winning in a game that definitely comes down to the last six minutes. Um, so, yeah, uh, I hate, hate picking against the Pirates. I don't pick against them much in the winter, but I'm going to have to pick against them in this one. So, OK, that takes That's We're out of the high school uh, games. That's seven of them. We, we only had one that we were different on uh, the last one. Let's get into our college games and we will start. Despite some really uh, big point spreads, we're going to go with our local teams again. Uh, The first one, and this will be, uh, wow, Akron uh, at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State is a 34-point favorite in this one. Josh, uh, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, you know, Michigan State with the
2: backdoor cover last week. That that was nice on a Friday night. We'll put a little money in the pocket of that game. Uh, This week, they got an Akron team that took overtime to beat a really bad St. Francis team. Um, You know, they gave up a score with four minutes left when they could have sealed the deal. They do have some nice guys. Cam Wiley at 85 yards, rushing and two touchdowns. DJ Irons, decent quarterback, 273 and two touchdowns. Um, and then the all-name team, their top wideout is Shocky Jacques-Louis, I believe. And uh, so, anyways, all that being said, Michigan State is going to put it on them. Uh, Peyton Thorne, four scores last week. Berger with 120 yards rushing. Coleman with 80-some receiving. The only thing that that has me hesitant about them covering is – Michigan state's real test is next week when they, they got to go out to uh, and play a really good Washington team that has a really good quarterback, Indiana transfer, Michael Penix, I believe uh, the lefty, that can fly around. I, I like Michigan state in another uh, late cover, just because again, you know, Mel Tucker's all about look at me. So th- they'll cover the spread late. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Uh, you know, I mean, how about Akron's schedule? Yeah, they, they start with St. Francis, uh, PA, but they got an MSU and I think they have Tennessee the following week. So they, they are all about making some money uh, prior to their, yeah, their max season. They are not a very good football team. I think what, what's going to hurt them this week, Peyton Thorne did not, I, I don't think he played that well. I don't care what his stats. I don't think he played that well against Western. He had some garbage TDs late. He is going to play much better this week. Their entire team is going to play much better. Uh, even though they might be looking ahead uh, to the following week, but I think they have a lot to prove. I could see this be one of those games where it's thirty-five nothing at halftime, and they've already covered. But then it's just a matter of will their subs hold on to the point spread, and that's why gambling. That's why I don't I don't do it. I can do these uh, picks on uh, a podcast, but I, I got Michigan State uh, winning by more than thirty-four in this one as well,
1: Derek. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the biggest thing, biggest takeaway from State. In my opinion, was you know, there's a lot of this kind of freaking out going on. It seems like, at least if you go off Twitter, you never know. That's not necessarily the best gauge, but about them not looking as good as they needed to against uh, Western and everything, and 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 all that. And I think the only bad thing that came out of that game was they lost uh, some guys to injury, and I know the linebacker it looks like is out for the season. Uh, that that's probably the only real thing that would worry me from that. Overall, I was impressed with some of the talent that they flashed at times. I thought that their wide receivers and their tight ends looked really good uh, at certain moments. Like they just totally out, like just outman the defensive backs like they should against a Mac opponent. But uh, from Coleman, Bernard, Reed, Mosley at wideout, and then you got Carr is just massive at tight end. Um, they got all kinds of weapons there. I don't know if their running backs, you know, are going to obviously I don't expect them to be as good as Kenneth Walker last year, but they still put up good numbers. Um, you know, obviously it didn't work out on the scoreboard, maybe the way they were hoping last week. But uh, I, I, I think that they're going to be fine. I think too, that based on the fact that there's some kind of like nerves over the way it went last week, I think that they'll kind of be uh, focused this week. They'll be on point and I expect them to cover as well. OK,
0: and under the lights at the big house Saturday night, we've got uh, Hawaii coming in uh, at Michigan, eight o'clock Saturday night. Michigan is a 51 point favorite. I don't even know what to say about that. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I think I had a varsity JV scrimmage one day. We were trying to be having fun in practice and we let the JV start with a 40 to nothing lead. And had to had to beat them at the end, or maybe we didn't beat them at the end. But this is crazy to a point spread of that nature. Michigan is going to rout them, but 51 points is a lot. Hawaii, however, has been outscored 112 to 27 in two games. They have, uh, they're getting beat by an average of 42 and a half points. They have been bad in the first half of their two games. They have been unbelievably bad in the second half. And so I don't know if they don't have the depth or the, they're just not ready. I don't know if the, the, the travel is going to be tough on them. I think Michigan's just going to wear on them. I, you know, I, I think Michigan is actually going to cover the 51, but man, that's a lot of points. So
1: there. Yeah. I'm with you. It's just, it's absurd to, to sit here and be talking about laying 51 points. Um, Cause it's really more of a question, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like it looks like Hawaii is just terrible. I mean, there's like, you see headlines, like they're the worst team in, in, in division one football, uh, possibly. And, or, you know, maybe UConn is who Michigan plays next week. So, uh, it's, it's crazy to schedule. I know Josh loves to poke fun at that. Um, obviously it's still an intriguing game an intriguing watch because of the quarterback saga. I mean, last, this past week, Michigan looked great. The defense looked awesome, uh, especially up front, which was a little bit surprising. I mean, considering the guys they'd lost, um, obviously the, the, after the game, uh, antics with, Cade's interview and him not clearly not being happy. And then JJ's little post on Instagram sparking some debate over whether that had to do with McNamara or not. Uh, you know, of course you can't just have things be nice and steady after a, you know, 40 something point win, but, uh, I can't believe it, but I think I'm just going to lay the 51 cause I think Hawaii is just so bad. And, uh, I think Michigan – I think their backups will still going to be able to put up numbers this is the biggest thing. I think even when they sub out, uh, like you said, Hawaii's been bad in the second half, I think that they'll still be able to continue to add to the lead.
2: I want to apologize to all the listeners. It's embarrassing that we're picking this game. I, w- I was outvoted by the two Michigan slappies, 2-1. Uh, to one. Uh, This uh, the Michigan should be embarrassed. The University of Michigan should be embarrassed. Well, a couple weeks ago, uh, they lost uh, power and couldn't uh, – use the ATMs and charge people uh, for beer and food at the Nebraska game in, in Ireland. So they gave out free beer. The Michigan uh, administration should be giving out free food and drinks for their loyal customers. The fact that they're charging them full price and parking and tickets for this. I mean, the, the schedule's embarrassing. The eight o'clock start. Um, like I said, th- this is, this is the sham. I, 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 yeah. Anyways, I'm going to pick Texas plus the 19 and a half. Uh, in the Alabama Texas game and then I'm also going to take the fighting rainbow
0: warriors of Hawaii in the 51 points uh, on Saturday night. Let it be known Josh did not want to pick well, he, there was a high school game you wanted to get rid of and you wanted to pick the Texas Alabama game and uh we, we we uh we yeah we did I I, I don't know if we just he you, you just gave up arguing is what you gave up it was too late at night you said screw it let's just go but anyway okay we got one more game left we're going to dabble with our first pro game and the Lions opener we've got Philadelphia a four point favorite at Ford Field against the beloved Detroit Lions Derek what are your thoughts
1: yeah you know again we've mentioned this a few times like By no means do I consider myself an expert on this. And when you get to the NFL, I feel like it's even more insane with the point spreads because it just so many games swing late, the way that you get into prevent defenses and stuff, stuff can just change so quickly in the NFL and games are so, commonly down to that last possession, uh, that it's crazy. So again, I, I wouldn't be trusting anything I I I pick when we go to NFL games. But uh anyways, the Eagles obviously they got off to a slow start last year, two and five, but then they bounced back one seven to the last 10 to make the playoffs. Um you know they they picked up AJ Brown in the offseason that wide out in that 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 kind of a splash trade there. Um they got pretty good weapons with him and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard uh for Jalen Hurts to work with. Um the Lions, on the other hand, obviously they got Hutchinson in the draft. They picked up Williams, who's not, uh, or uh, the the wide receiver from Alabama, who's not going to be available. Um, you know, with Hard Knocks, you kind of get more of an inside look. It's been fun to to see that. Um, I'm worried that I'm just getting on the hype train because of that. But uh, I'm going to go with the Lions here. I actually, I think the Lions are going to win the game outright. So if you're going to give me four points, I'll take it. My biggest reason, I don't trust Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. I don't. I think that he's, he's not going to progress the way that the Eagles are hoping. Uh, and you're giving me four points in a game that I was going to pick the Lions anyway. So why not? Let's go. MCDC, baby. MCDC, Motor City,
2: Dan Campbell. I love it. Uh, I'm picking the Lions. I also like him outright. I, I bet him to win on the money line. That I don't even need the four points. I like him winning outright. Home opener. Jared Goff got engaged in the off season. Feeling more secure in life. He's he's becoming the leader of this team. Um, I love the running game. I, I love 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 Rodrigo in in on defense at, at linebacker. Um, and and I and I like Hutch. Man, he's a beast. He's the real deal from Michigan. My goodness. Uh, I think it's time to move on from the eye black. You play in a dome. I uh, can get rid of that stuff. Uh, but I do love uh, watching him play. He's he's an absolute uh, animal out there. No, I, I like the lions. I like him a lot. Um, looking forward to watching the last hard knocks tonight as well later tonight. Um, but yeah, let, let, let's go lions. Uh, I'm a huge uh, Dan Campbell fan.
0: I don't think it's later tonight, but um, anyway, I think it's, I think it's tomorrow night, but who could be wrong. Anyway, uh, nobody is a bigger Lions fan in this on this podcast than me, and I, uh, I've been doing it for years. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a Lions slappy. I, I live and die with them. That said, uh, Lions tend to make average quarterbacks look good. I've seen it many times, and Jalen Hurts is an average NFL quarterback. I have a weird feeling he's going to go off with his little receiver tandem. I think the Lions are going to play with great emotion. I think Ford Field is going to be hopping. But I, I, I'm worried that just somehow, some way it's going to get away from at the end because I've seen it too many times. I also like picking against the Lions because I pull for them so much that if they win, I don't care that I got the pick wrong. And if they lose, at least I get a consolation prize. So I am going to pick a Philadelphia in this one uh, giving for, of course, you know, somehow I'll, 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 get a double dip of, of disappointment on this one, but yeah, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. So we'll see if the lions, uh, lions get it going for a couple of weeks and I might change that philosophy. So, all right, that's our 10 uh interesting we like i said we we got a little difference uh as we as we got in the last four so that was good um but that's week three it's over we'll see how we do uh we need to we need to get Derek off that 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 pedestal that he's sitting there a two-game lead or a three-game lead and see if we can move on so have a great week talk to you again next time